Hello, Dr. Shaw here, and welcome to our 34th podcast on teaching humanity remotely. I've been thinking the last few days as to how these podcasts came about, and I wanted to share my reflections. When I was a teacher, I taught a kindergarten first grade classroom, and what that classroom naturally encouraged was paying it forward because the kindergarten children would be taken care of by the first grade children. And then the following year, the first grade children were the kindergarten children of last year. So the first grade children modeled how to take care of the younger children. And then the following year, when the younger children became the older children, they paid that forward to the younger children, to the new younger children in the class. And that philosophy of learning and then using what you know for the good of all. And I really believe that the best things in life are free. And the reason I'm doing these podcasts, which are a free service, is because I don't feel like everything should be monetary. I feel that the most important things are free, and those things have to do with our humanity and our ability to collectively share what we know for free so that we all learn more and are better for it. And this is my intention in doing the podcast. It's just to share over 30 years of experience what I've learned about how to be with young children and how to have it be really rewarding. And it's not even a selfless thing because it's in the giving that I get to keep something and it's in the giving that I get to share. And I have a certain vision of the kind of human being that I want to be and the kind of human beings that I want to be with. And this is just an illustration of me making an effort and then fulfilling my wish to give freely and to be better for it and hoping that my community is better for it. And then there are skills that I need that I don't have, that my friends or my community can give to me so that I can learn. And that's really the exchange. And so I feel like it's really important to be able to be in a position in my life where it's not always about making money. Money's needed to live. And yet what's also needed for me to live in the best world that I can live in is the ability to be generous and to give what I have to give. And I feel like my insights based on my experience and the way in which children and I work together can be beneficial. And I truly hope that what I have to say is beneficial for all of those who are listening. And I believe that what I'm saying is beneficial because you keep on asking for more. So thank you for that. It is a joy and I am full to be able to share what I know. And one thing that I really want to share is that when I was a very young mom, and I was a young mom, I had my first child when I was 22 years old, and my second child who was born paralyzed from the waist down at 24. And when I was a young mom, what I wanted to do more than anything was to really, I guess I would say, be friends with my children. And it is really important to be friendly with children. I mean, I don't feel like respect is just given. I feel like it's mutual and it's earned. And one way to receive respect from children is to be friendly towards them and show them that you have their backs and that you're going to be playful and fun. But I also feel like it is essential that the grown-up feels comfortable being the grown-up, right? 
as a grown-up, I have certain responsibilities and certain roles and obligations and even privileges that I need to demonstrate to children. Children also have roles and responsibilities and obligations that they need to demonstrate to adults. But there's definitely a line, especially for young parents. I think what is needed is the ability to be comfortable with your role. And it doesn't mean to be mean. It just means that sometimes no really is no. It could be explained, but it can't be changed. And it's okay to take the authority because the authority is yours. And children often, when they're misbehaving, they're needing to come up against a wall, a boundary, and they need an adult to say, stop. It doesn't make the adult mean. It makes the adult actually fulfill their role as the adult, and it really actually is very comforting to the child. Children want to feel like their parents, their caretakers are in charge and can handle them. They want to be handled. It's okay. And when I was a teacher and the way I spoke with children is I could be really strict and really firm. It did not make them like me or love me less. It made them actually like me, love me, and respect me more. And then at the appropriate times, I could be really playful with them. So they knew that when I was firm, I was serious and it was going to be the way it was going to be, and they could respect it and admire it and even be comforted by it. So I just wanted to briefly share all that with you. And now, as promised, I'm going to discuss the third question in my book called A Parent's Guide to Effective Communication with Children. And this question is really important. The question is, what do I do when my child won't listen to me? So I'm going to read the answer. This is the most commonly asked question. Isn't that interesting? Is yet another illustration of the power of front-loading. Once again, by setting up agreements and commitments with your child in advance and by making sure that these are agreements and commitments that are mutually decided upon by all stakeholders, you set up the parameters for that agreement, including the consequences of not abiding to the desired commitment. If after making your agreements, your child doesn't listen, your child will experience the consequence that was already established and agreed upon. Additionally, you have the freedom to stop engaging, and I think that is so important. You don't want to engage when there's misbehavior. If you continue to engage with your child after your child exhibits a behavior of not listening to you, it will become a power struggle. Once such a power struggle is activated, in a sense, everyone has lost. But at the same time, your child has a temporary victory because they have been able to get you to engage. If you set the stage whereby each member of the family is fully aware of their individual roles and their individual consequences, when their actions don't match their words, the already established consequence will be implemented. This will eliminate any need to have further discussions in the moment. Then, once the moment passes, a conversation in writing reflections on recent events needs to occur in a calm and peaceful manner. During this conversation, renegotiation can transpire. You cannot engage in the moment of the hysteria. That's a sign that your child is winning. And it's also teaching your child that the misbehavior gives them attention, which is negative attention, and you don't want to engage in that as well. The important element here is consistency and follow-through, and to not change your agreement in the moment when there is a power struggle, 
over an agreement or commitment that has not being upheld. In this way, you are creating a new way for the entire family to communicate. This new dynamic needs to include mutual respect and understanding. Here, you have buy-in, and that motivates each person to keep their word. Parental consistency and follow-through are essential. So you can, again, in this answer, see how the 10 governing principles for effective communication guide the communication in an effective way. So you're seeing in the answers to the questions that are most commonly asked, you're seeing the practical application of those 10 principles. And in this case, mutual respect, understanding, follow through, consistency, clarity, checking for understanding. This is how it works. And the last thing I want to say is that So the child needs to learn a new skill set, and the parents also need to learn a new skill set, because let's say you did not use this paradigm to begin with. So now you need to be gentle with yourself, and you need to make sure that you are exercising this new muscle and building stamina until this becomes natural, and you'll see how easy it is. But make sure you're consistent and don't give in. And please feel free to visit my website at learnwithmeremotely.com and go to my author's page on amazon.com. And until next time, be well, stay healthy, and have fun with your children. And that concludes this episode of the podcast series, Teaching Humanity Remotely with Dr. Mindy Shaw. Thank you for listening. You can follow Dr. Shaw on Facebook. Her page is Learn With Me Remotely. That's on Facebook. That's also her website, learnwithmeremotely.com. Her podcasts and all the books that she's been referring to are on that site for purchase and samples are there as well. You can follow her on Twitter at Dr. Mindy Shaw One. Doctor is abbreviated DR and the one is the number one, Dr. Mindy Shaw One. And on Instagram at Dr. Mint with a T Shaw. Thanks again for listening. Watch out for the next podcast in the series. That'll be coming real soon.